there's a trend, you'll know he'll attend. Oh shoot, oh, your shoot. boy did it again. You're now listening to Bobby and Friends. Bobby and Friends. Bobby and Friends. Hey everybody, uh, this is Bobby and welcome to episode 4 of season 2 of Bobby and Friends. And we're going to start y'all out with some French music, yo. That's what we're going to do, some Daju. Let's go. Let's hit it. That is Daju. Daju, Daju. If you're not hit, that's Daju song, Jaloux. Uh, it's an acoustic version. And yo, that is from my new Spotify music playlist called Music de R&B, which is a homage to sort of um, sort of the Afro diaspora in France and, and sort of their impact on sort of the global R&B music scene. And it's infused with a lot of sort of African beats and sounds and vibes and melodies and everything. And then infuse it with Le Francais. I mean, it's just... It's like a match made in heaven. So you got to check out that uh, playlist. Again, it's, it's a playlist I just made, uh, a, a basically like French R&B music uh, on Spotify. It's called Music de R&B. Uh, so you got to go and check it out. It's amazing. I mean, just so many music. And Daju is, I mean, he is like at the top of, of sort of French music right now. I mean, he is it globally, even not just there, but globally speaking, even his brother, uh, Gims, um, who was also at the top of sort of the, the, the French uh, music scene. Uh, you also got to check out in there, I, I have Ayana Kamara, who is like the queen, the queen of French R&B and just French pop. Like she is it. I love her. Uh, and then you talk about Teiki, do the Teiki. Teiki is amazing. Uh, yeah, Levis, yeah, Levis infuses a lot of his music with sort of the Lingala because he's also of Congolese origin, so he infuses a lot of the Lingala in, in his sort of French song and his music, you know. Um, so really beautiful melodies and a mesh of different languages, sort of the African languages and the African vibes with the French language. I mean, it's just beautiful, it's amazing work of art, if you will. And so, I wanted to make that playlist so people could be more familiar with sort of the French music scene, especially the one in which, you know, the Afro, uh, the Afro diaspora within France has contributed to French music scene overall. And, and so go check it out and let me know what you think of it. But hey, can I just say one thing? And so this week I was watching this documentary. Uh, it's a DW doc documentary. It's titled China Surveillance State or Way of the Future. And basically in this documentary, they're basically talking about sort of how China is a surveillance state, which probably the U.S. is also one. Well, it's not probably. It, it, it for sure is a surveillance state in a lot of ways. Um, um, and so basically they were talking about how in China, like the, the rapid development of technology um, it, it sort of also goes in conjunction with the rapid development of the way in which the government can surveil its citizens. Um, and, uh, you know, all, uh, sort of the, the government's talking points is that, you know, hey, we have to do all these different surveillance. We have to have all these insane amount of cameras all, all over, you know, everywhere in public, in all the public spaces, um, because we need to know what people are up to. But it's also like if something happens, like we can respond much faster. Uh, but it's also like, 
hey, like, if we have all these massive cameras around, then if something were to happen, then it's much easier for authorities to figure out, like, what actually took place and who's wrong, who's right, blah, 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 like, all of these different things. Um, and so they're sort of talking about efficiency of, of sort of government services and government and authority response to different things that happen uh, overall with, with the people in society in China. Um but the crazy thing was that um, there, there's this one part of China where they're basically experimenting with this project. They're sort of, um, it's just very dystopian. It's like a dystopian way of life. You know, things that we see in these sort of futuristic dystopian movies where basically the government um, has everybody on this, like, how would I call it? It's, it's like, a, like a credit scoring scale. Um, where basically everything that you do in your life or a lot of the, the essential things that you do in your life are all like they go to this one central data hub. Uh, and, and through this app, um, and through this program, basically the, the government basically sur surveils you, but they, they track everything you do and like different things that you do. There's basically like good and bad points. So like if you, so basically, um, like paying your bills on time, like that's going to give you some points and give you, and the more points you rack up, basically the more in which you'll be trusted by authorities. Like, um, for example, like in China, we're talking about like sort of their metro train systems, like. You have to, like, get your bags checked uh, before, like, you can go into the trains. And so, like, those with, like, much higher points, you know, they will basically can just bypass sort of security and they basically will not have to get their bags and, and stuff checked because basically they have been socially good citizens. They've been following rules and laws. So if people are, have these, the higher points you have, the more, the more, the better behaved you are as a citizen. And so we can trust that, like, you can you don't need to go through a security point because you want to try to basically do anything that is against the law because you're already following the rules because of these high points that you have. It's sort of like a credit system basically. So and like if you basically if you don't follow rules, if you do like false uh, uh, COVID, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, sort of reports or uh, to the government. Um, then, like, you're basically going to lose points, and that can affect sort of, like, your standing with the government and all this stuff, like, different privileges that you would not be able to gain and gain access to. But it's very weird. Like, it's a very interesting system that's going on. And, and, and in the documentary, they're basically exploring, like, is this the way of the future? Is this the way in which it's, is this a sort of system that we're all going to live under, the sort of governments which are going to have massive surveillance of our lives, where we're also going to uh, have these sort of credit systems, which... Granted, we already have credits. Like cr most Americans, there's a lot of things you cannot do unless if you have a credit score, right? Um, and a credit history. So we already have a way in which it's just so that it happens more in the in, in the private sector, in the private realm, uh, where there's a lot of things you're not able to access and gain because you have bad credit. But the idea of sort of the government then sort of taking that role of like, hey, you didn't pay your bills on time, or you're not behaving, you didn't follow these rules that we put in place, so these privileges you just will not gain access to these certain privileges it's a very interesting way of life and so they're testing this pilot program out um with, with sort of some uh, this one place in china and seeing how it works and, and how people respond to it and whatnot but it was interesting anyways you should go check it out um it's on dw documentary uh, just on their youtube page and they have the full uh documentary up there but it was just interesting to watch sort of how the, the rapid change of technology sort of how that's going to change the way the relationship that we have with government and sort of massive surveillance and and sort of certain privileges that we will uh, be able to, to get or not get because of a point system that the government may 
put up because of the massive surveillance that they have and every single thing that we do. Uh, but that was just an interesting thing I wanted to mention. Uh, but sort of the last thing I'll mention um, before you listen to part two of, uh, of DeJorn and I's review of um, Squid Game is sort of in a statement shared with TMZ, a representative for Chappelle said that he would be up for speaking with those at the streaming gi- giant who feel comments he made in the special were harmful towards the LGBTQ plus community. And the representative added that Chappelle hasn't been contacted about starting dialogue or organizing a meeting to discuss the issue further. One of the walkout organizers, Ashley Marie Preston, uh, previously claimed she invited Chappelle to talk about what he said in the controversial special, which Netflix CEO Ted Sarandis defended in leaked internal comments. Since then, Sarandis has admitted that he screwed up the internal communication regarding the backlash to to the closer. So basically, and this is a, a, a report from um, Complex titled, Dave Chappelle says he's open to talking with Netflix employees who stage walkout by Joe Price. Um, so, you know, it seems like as if there's there's been some developments on that end and that sort of, again, these employees stage this walkout and then uh, sort of Dave has responded um, and that he would like for them to actually have, he's open to a dialogue, for, to a conversation. And I think this is probably for the best because obviously I have some critical things to say about the special itself and or the content within the special and sort of my disagreements with, with sort of some of the content or, or, or my, um, you know, not, not so settling feeling about some of those comments that Dave made during the special. And so to actually see that, you know, he's open to having that dialogue, I think it's for the better. And I think it's great for both, um, you know, parties to be able to sit down, communicate and have a conversation and a dialogue, a fruitful one at that, where Dave can understand sort of the impact that his words have had on that community. And, and, and Dave can, if he wants to either defend himself or talk about, you know, why he felt the need to have made those comments, he can with that with those individuals and, and I hope that this comes so I hope that they actually do get the opportunity to sit down and talk with each other and have this dialogue and that something fruitful comes out of it and I think that's all we can hope for uh with this and that there's an education aspect that comes out of it um because I, I think that we should always strive to be better human beings to learn more and, and and to have much better interaction with with various members of our society um, and the way in which we understand their lives and their experiences and whatnot and, you know, hope for the best. But anyways, not to keep you waiting for uh, part two of um, DeJorn and I's uh, Squid Game review, uh, and that is coming up, and I hope you enjoy part two of it. And uh, yeah, let me know what you think, and yeah, go ahead and listen to part two of uh, Squid Game review by Bobby himself, myself, and DeJorn. Thank you so much. The role of very powerful rich people and the power that they have in society like you think about like oh yo this shit was going on and ain't nobody doing nothing about it mm-hmm. which brings us to uh uh what's his name uh uh player uh we oh i don't know how to pronounce it correctly uh it's we had june who plays hung june jun jun ho is that doctor was that doctor was that not? Nah, that was the. I think that was a policeman. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. That okay, was okay. a policeman, I believe. Gotcha. And guys, if we're wrong, please do correct us. But I believe that was a policeman. So basically, when people went back, mm-hmm. um, w- when they went back for round two of the of the game after they had decided to leave the game, there was a police officer who basically snuck himself into the premises of basically where the game was happening. It was some island off of like the coast of South Korea. Yeah. Um, where it was happening, and like. 
basically seeing him struggle through trying to like get evidence of sort of what's happening, document the terrible things, the way the conditions and how they're treating people. Um, and to which there was a frontman. So there's a frontman. There's somebody who actually runs the game, mm-hmm. uh, like who's on the ground running the game, the simulations and everything. And he's the frontman. Uh, his actual actual name is Lee Byung Hong, um, like in real life. Uh, but he's the frontman, so he basically runs the simulations and all the games. And Homeboy, uh, the police officer, uh, is basically trying to look for his brother because he believes that his brother had been through this game. Yeah. And he doesn't know what happened to him. Like he hasn't heard from him and whatnot. And he's able to get all of this evidence and document or what's happened, what's going on, how they're treating people, like they're yelled or killing people and all these things. Um, also harvesting organs, uh, organs of, of, of human organs and all these different crazy shit. And there's a point where a scene where he basically is being chased by the front man and um, some of the other staff at the game. And they chase him off like it's like they're on top of this uh, like uh, cliff, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like, um off of just that it's still around that same island but there he had ran away and he's like on top of this cliff and he's confronted by the staff members who again they'll carry guns with them man they carry AK-47 because that's how they kill people yeah uh, that's how people get eliminated um and he confronts the front man, well the front man confronts him and you know he's basically saying like yo I got all this evidence and blah 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 and the front man is like yo you come with me I might possibly spare your life yeah but if you try to do anything stupid you're gone yeah. And so uh, the police officer is like, yo, like, basically reveal yourself. Like, who are you? Mm-hmm. Dude takes up, front man takes up the mask, and guess who it is? It's his brother. The, his the own one brother. he was searching for. Yeah. And guess what his brother did? Shot his ass. He gave him a, he said, listen, either you come with me and we figure this out, or. or I have to just take you. You take decide. You yeah. But that's the thing. The, the, the fact that it gets to a point where even a family member of yours, like, because you don't want to obliterate sort of the system that you're benefiting from but you yeah. know it's a very oppressive system but because you're uh, yeah. benefiting from anybody that tries to sort of undermine it even if it's your own family yeah you you go you go eliminate because they're both upholding two different set two of different systems, systems yeah. and they're both family so that's why i said that part of just like ethical values mm-hmm. and just like uh morality and integrity yeah. all of that goes out the window at that point this is just like okay at this point, he's not even, he's over here, like, holding um, the brother who's hanging off the cliff, about, mm. pretty much about to, like, get shot. Right. He's like, dang, well, my, um, what is it, my loyalty to the police system, as well as just generally, I guess, whatever, um, justice system, or just, like, yeah. And it supersedes, while on the other end, he's like, well, this game that we're playing here, and so, it, like, they didn't even give each other a chance to, like, actually have more, dis- like, right. further discourse. So it's just like, they're there both. There's no even showcase of, like, affection like yo yeah i get out and then I'm no like, history no nothing. nothing we're just like, left with that left with no explanation of like why he ended up doing that and, and being the frontman of the game yeah uh but it's also crazy because the frontman he basically told him he basically was like yo like like basically you just out here acting crazy because it's like what you act like as if the police which he said like the police in south korea which never does anything to basically yeah. deal with the issues that people want them through justice like they don't carry out justice so like what yeah. do you think what do you think you're going to do? What, what kind of justice do you with think you're going to deliver? Two, with two rounds inside your pistol. Yeah, which is an interesting thing to say about sort of the so-called sort of um, justice and sort of systems that are, that are supposed to be put in place to protect people yeah. and bring about justice are not protecting people who are suffering under certain sort of economic mm-hmm. conditions and, yeah. and economic apparatus within different businesses, business models and business operations. Mm-hmm. And it's that thing. So it's like, 
the people at the top of these industries and whatnot, like, yo, they know, like, the police ain't going to do nothing. Like, the Department of Justice. He was over here Justice, killing people. He was right, over here killing people. Right, here killing people. The Department of Justice ain't going to do nothing. Like, the criminal mm-hmm. justice, they ain't going to, we're fine. Like, we can do whatever we we want and we'll get away with it. Yeah. So, the people at the top become very complacent and they're like, yo, it doesn't matter what you're going to do. All right, you don't like the working condition? All right. Fire you. You're done. You're eliminated. Like, what more do you want to hear? Next. You know? Yeah. And that is the reality. Like, there's so much, so much in this Mm -hmm. that I feel like really touches to the realities that we go through this life and the desperation that people, especially after during the pandemic, that so many people have gone through and are experiencing. And it's like there is no safety net. There is not sort of the protective measures, social protective measures in place to really hold people together mm-hmm. and get them through. And so people even end up, there are cases people committing suicide and all of these things. And so it's like, but that's sort of the level of sort of depression that people get at. Yeah. Because of financial ruin. Yeah. You know, and because of the constraints of, of, of sort of um, this, this system and whatnot. But just sort of to... Um, wrap up because we've been talking about a lot of stuff <laughs> uh but the main character gihon yeah and i think we can sort of wrap up with um man um oh we didn't touch on abdul we got let's touch on abdul first be, uh, yeah i'm um, really yeah who is the pakistani immigrant um yeah and, and i think he doesn't have like full documentation and papers and whatnot yeah but he's basically working he's an immigrant worker um <clears throat> In uh, South the factory, Korea, or he, I think he factory, was originally working out of factory, right, where he also is not being paid exactly his for his wages, labor. Yeah. for his labor. He's not being given wage. His wages is not being paid. Um, and so again, he's in desperation. He has a a, a wife and a, and a newborn. Mm-hmm. So all, of, and he's also an immigrant in a country where he doesn't have other documents. So he's very desperate, trying to provide for his family back in Pakistan. So he also is in a state of desperation. Ends up going into the game because again, right. I have people that I need to take care of, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna do what I gotta do to get that cash prize. Yeah. But the thing about him is, he's a very a, a person with a sense of moral, uh, I guess, um, uh, a sense of, of like moral aptitude, if you will. Yeah. Or he he has a sense of morality. Yeah. Um, and ethics, and he truly believes that within um, Sung Woo, who we call Woo Shaisi, that he's found a true yeah. ethical and moral person whom we yeah. can trust. Um. And within the game, you see different characters. Uh, what's her name? Uh, what's her name? Um, Kim Jo Rung, who plays uh, Han Myung. Yeah, she brings up the the idea of like him being um, an oh, undocumented yes. the xenophobic comments. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And that because of that, like that's not a person they would want on their team. Yeah. Because like, what benefit is this person who doesn't like a person who basically would come to this country illegally, does not have the documentation, yeah, uh, the proper documentation? Um, like, why is that the kind of person you would want to include on our in our team? Yeah, that says a lot about how we treat people in this country, immigrants, and even people without the proper documentation. Like, we don't want to include them in our society. We the ostracization, to, just generally. Yes. We, we don't think that they deserve to be a part of sort of um, the, the fruits and the yeah. benefits of our economic system. We don't think... No matter just, how much they can no or are willing to provide. And no matter how much... We're just their general existence being yeah, valued. Being valued. Yeah. Um, and it was sort of... Those, so there was those themes of xenophobia that, that were brought out in there. Um, and then beyond that, sort of, again, with, with his relationship with uh, Sangwoo, Shaisti, as we call him... Um, Sort of that he had found again a person who he thought he could trust, an yeah. ethical, a moral person, yeah. who ha- they had treated each other so well, yeah. until when he came down to like, oh shit, Where'd you and me gotta him? play a game, yeah. but one of us gotta be eliminated. And here's the crazy thing, so they basically played a game. They ca- and and the thing with this game where is two two players one against each other, mm-hmm. um, you basically come up with the rule 
for the game. Like, what kind of game you want to play. Yeah. And basically, whoever loses, that's the person that's going to get eliminated. Yeah. So they basically came up with the game, the rules, and blah, blah, blah. Here's how we're going to play. Mm-hmm. And homeboy Abdul Ali won. Yeah. He won it fair and square. Fair and square. And then Wu Shaisti Sang Wu comes up with a clever plan. Yeah, after discrediting him and just yeah. generally assuming, like, but accusing him of cheating. Of cheating. Yeah. You must have been, you know what you were doing this whole game. Yeah. Yeah. You just Basically, used, this whole time you wasn't yeah. shit. You were yeah. just faking it. Yeah. But the whole time is Wu Shaisti that's been faking it. Yeah, of course. And so Wu Shaisti comes up with this clever master plan. Mm. I'm like, yo, I got a way. If you agree to, I got a way in which we both can be saved. And can we just talk about that really quickly? Mm. How, like, he has access to, like, all of the ways in which he can um, extend his thinking and manipulate. And just, like, how he's been able to use a number of manipulative tactics, such as him knowing the law. manipulation. Exactly. He, he over has an Ali. understanding of how the system exactly. and the structures of that system <clears throat> Or the rules of the, the game. And the all law, of that. The rhetoric. Governing, the governing laws. And There's a bunch of barriers yeah. just between Ali and just, like, the game itself. And he he's aware of that. And so this is the point now. And it's almost this, like, inferior complex that he has, that he associates to Ali. Right. And because he feels that bad, he notices that he can utilize mm-hmm. this and does that now. He, he but think goes about new haywire. Immig- but think about new immigrants who come into this country. Yeah. Let's say, like, for example, let's say it's, it's, it's an immigrant who doesn't miss. First of all, let's say it's one with that proper documentation. So that's already yeah. a barrier within itself, legally yeah. speaking. But they don't speak English. Mm-hmm. So they have, there's the language barrier because all of our legal system is basically in English for the yeah. most part. Everything that you need to do, you got to speak English for mm-hmm. the most part to do it. Um, and then let's say that they don't have a love, uh, you know, a college level of education or no education, no formal education yeah. at all. When and they come to you. this country, it's a way in which like you have a lot of these people because they because people understand the level of desperation they are, they're in, mm-hmm. but also because people understand that any time I could report you to ICE Easily. on the legal system and you won't be run out, yeah, I will you I will use this to my benefit and weaponize it and weaponize Easily. it. And so I will guess what I'll make you do? I'll make you go work sixteen hours picking fruits or whatever it is, whatever job I want you to do. Pay you under minimum wage, mm-hmm. slave labor basically. Slave wage. Well, it's not even under slavery. There's no wage. Mm. You can't earn money. But it's 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 basically I'm paying you under under a sort of minimum wage. So I'm using your labor and I'm taking advantage of you because I know you don't know the legal system. You don't know yeah. the legal apparatus. Yeah. And I also know that I have power of you because if I just make one phone call, it's over for you. And yeah. that's the way in which you know. Basically, and think about history up. and think about just generally history. If we want to compare it to America and think about the ways in which like indigenous identities and just other like Native American identities specifically, this is these are all tactics yeah. just generally used across history. So mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. And so and that was a thing. And so basically when they were playing that game, again, um, Abdul Ali won. Um, Bushaisti lost. Bushaisti comes up with the plan of like, hey, if you're way to this, I got a way in which we both can be saved. Mm-hmm. And comes up with this clever plan of like, which I don't know why he thought he could come up with this plan, but this is the <laughs> idea of like, okay, we should go look for the people, the, the partners where there's very, uh, either, was it young or very old? Yeah. Yeah, I think that was his plan. Uh, and I don't know why he came up with, with, with those characteristics, mm-hmm. but basically, somehow we get them to agree to, it was like, agree to play against us. Yeah. Um, Basically, so switch partners, I think in a way it's yeah. like switch partners, and then you beat them, I beat them. It's a very interesting loophole. Yeah. It's yeah. a very loophole because he because they didn't really say that those are the only people you could 
He lied to him about yeah. what equity would look like in exactly. a way. He tried to make it seem like, okay, I could find an equitable way for both of us mm-hmm. out, which is what he's been trying to do throughout the game where he's like, well, yeah. I can find a way for both of us either either or. Right. So he tried to do Just that like this time. Yeah. Exactly. The whole time, guess what he does? Also because, so they were playing with marbles. Yeah. And so he takes, so he tells them, hey, you know, what we should do is that because we don't want people to steal the marbles and we won't want to lose them, mm-hmm. let's take that those marbles and put them under this jacket. Yeah, because that's what it did or something. There was yeah. something with the jacket. Yeah. Um, and then we'll meet back once we find the the, the, the other players mm-hmm. that we want to play with. Yeah. Uh, but whole time, Wu Shiesty, Wu Shiesty yeah. puts rocks within the, uh, the, the, the what was it? Yeah, little the little bat, yeah. And take takes out the actual marbles and gives it takes it out for himself for himself and so while homeboy abdul ali is out here walking searching, around. walking around the whole fucking uh place one the minute thing. on the clock kind of one thing. minute on the yeah. clock searching yeah. and then he's calling out for uh Wu Shiesty or sung Wu. yeah sung Wu goes to the guards or the staff and gives them and marbles. gives them the marbles hey i won Damn. and guess what they do poor ali they shoot abdul ali Rest in peace, brother. Rest in peace, Ali. You thought you would think empathy would get you all the way. Lord, being nice sometimes. That it makes this question. Shit. Dang. Shit. Under under such circumstances, can that be a thing? And I think that's something I hope mm-hmm. listeners are thinking about that. Can that be a thing when you're forced under such conditions? Right. Like do do you have to come do you have to become a true do you have to 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 to, to sort of garner and wrap yourself in sort of the animalistic yeah. I'm thinking like survive Darwinism, yeah. like survival of the fittest. Like in those conditions, is that what it is? Like, yo, yo, it's either you or me. What do you compromise? How do you compromise it? Mm. Is there integrity? What does integrity look like? But are you also willing to to basically sacrifice yourself for others? Yeah. Or for someone else? Yeah. And when you know because of your sacrifice, that person is gonna get a huge, huge, huge payout. Mm-hmm. And people even comparing comparing different sacrifices, right? Because mm-hmm. that's why my girl SB, when she was comparing her sacrifice, she's like, wait. She's like, wait. Even, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. them just standing there now, Ali and over Ali and, um, and Sangwoo over here going back about their own circumstances and just whatever right. it is now. Ali was this vulnerable and this just mm-hmm. like, you know, um, trustworthy with all of this. Yet Sangwoo was just like, dang, that's, that's sad. And he actually yeah. feels bad, but he's yeah. still like... Sorry gotta to break do it what to I you. Gotta do. Yeah, I gotta go. <laughs> so Wu Shiesty. Wu Shiesty. Yeah. Man, crazy brother. But yeah. rest in peace, our brother Abdul Ali. Yo, we love him. Yeah. Um, but to sort of finish this off, we're gonna talk about Gihan. Mm. Um, and honestly, I saw so much character development throughout yeah. the series with them. Yeah. Like I, I, I truly when I say like he was one of the few well, he was of course he's the main character, but like I really was proud of his character development and the man he ended up becoming. Um, although I do have a, an issue with how he hen- he ended yeah. the show. Oh, I do have course. an issue. Um, but again, Gihan is basically like, dude, he's a drunk. Like, But here's the thing. we have to, He talked about his background of like, yo, he was like at a factory. He used to work at a factory. Mm-hmm. And basically they were trying to go on strike. And I guess like the police or security came and basically like, beat up motherfuckers for going on strike. Yeah. Um, and he ended up witnessing one of his workers literally being killed, slaughtered to death, being, mm. being killed during that strike. And that, it had a 
huge yeah. psychological effect on him. <clears throat> Even depression, that's probably why he developed, you know, using drugs as a, probably, I mean, uh, alcohol is some sort of coping mechanism mm-hmm. as well as gambling. And he also has a, a young daughter um, whom he's divorced from his uh, wife. And so he gets to see the daughter once in a while. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not the best father. He lives with his old mom who's yeah. aging, who also has medical conditions and all yeah. these different things. And so, like, dude is just like, a bum. Like, that's just the life he's living. And like, you know what's so interesting? I'm yeah. sorry to interrupt. I'm going to let you get no, right back ahead, on that. It's really funny, too, because it's just like, in the beginning, when he was first fighting with the stepfather, um, or just like the wife's new husband, mm-hmm. and he tries to offer um, Gion money, mm-hmm. and Gion throws the money back like, you think money fixes everything. Fixes everything. Yet, look where we that are makes- now. Right? And it's so interesting he says that, because he's like, well, do you think money fixes everything? And look where he ends up. Mm-hmm. In the same question of, do you think money fixes everything? Right. That's interesting. And I love that. And at that point, at that point, that's where I was like, "Yo, this dude has quite <clears throat> the, the moral compass." That mm-hmm. was the phrase I was trying to use earlier. Yeah. He has quite the moral compass mm-hmm. for him to be like, "Yo, like," because the, the the story with this is that. So again, divorced from his wife. His wife uh, is remarried to this mm-hmm. new guy who's way better off than um, uh, Gion. Yon, um, and the daughter, the daughter lives with them, obviously. Um, and so he had went to visit the wife because he needed to ask him for uh, money mm-hmm. because his mother was, I think she had diabetes and was yeah. like, she was at the deathbed almost, basically. Yeah. And so he was very desperate, like, to help her out. Um, anyways, they had an argument, blah, blah, blah. The husband, stepfather came, stepfather came in and basically, like, told him, get, well, he got out. Anyways, when he was leaving, the stepfather came and offered him, bag of money Mm -hmm. cash Mm -hmm. but basically he told him like hey like take this money but you have to promise me like you're gonna stay away from our family and Mm -hmm. you're not gonna be able to see your daughter again Mm -hmm. and that's where he had that argument with him he threw the money at him like you know he thinks it's gonna fix everything and I love that part because I was like yo this dude has such a that was the first time I was like okay he has yeah. some sort of moral compass, yeah. right? Yeah. But I also understand why he was in the situation that he's in. Mm-hmm. Having experienced such traumatic experience at work, being seeing your coworker literally being killed. Yeah. I understand how that can drive you into depression and whatnot. Yeah. But moving on, he ends up going back into uh, the game and just throughout the game, um, he also kind of looked up to Sung Woo. Because yeah. Sung Woo, they grew up together. So the, yeah. in the movie, they in the show, they grew up. They had grown up together. Yeah. And Sung Woo ended up like basically becoming. He went to like SNU, which is like, I think it's like the top university, and I don't know this. It's like the top university like business school. Yeah. In uh, South Korea, and like you know, he was the talk of the town. Like, yo, dude made it out. Like, that's the dude. That's the dude. Became very successful and whatnot. She also kind of looked up to him. Like, yo, wow. Like he has become, you know, he's made something of himself. Yeah, and just generally too, what's interesting is that that fetishization of just the elitism. Yep. Um, I think that's just an interesting role as well too, because the way in which like he looked up to him this much, you can even tell like um, Sang Woo was insecure about just like his own elitism, um, and hated when attention was brought to it. Yep. Just the level of discomfort he displayed each time that elitism was referred to. He kind of like displayed that discomfort, and so it's just interesting that um, Gion pretty much like each time just kept bringing up, "Oh, he's he's gonna he's gonna lead us because he got this far in his education, yep. or he got this far in wealth, so we know he's gonna be the one to lead us." And would you look at how it ends? Only he's not the one to know fighting the shit him. He was yeah, and only not to know the shit that he was going through. You know? Yeah. And so that's just so interesting as well. He put all his faith and put this superior complex, the superiority complex, made pretty much gave him this like hero complex of he will be the savior for us. 
whole time he was not the savior. Mm-hmm. Even with all these kind of like credentials that you already right. ascribed to him and said like because he has these credentials, he will be the one to lead us. And look, it wasn't he wasn't the one to lead. Mm-hmm. Everyone played a role to some degree, no matter what level of like education or what level of wealth or whatever, you know, role in society you yep. held in stratification. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting. No, yeah, I really loved it and I I I love the fact that even throughout the game, like he, I feel like he was the most inclusive one. Mm-hmm. Even when they were putting together teams, like granted, at times he took Sung Woo's uh, lead of like, okay, we only want males and whatnot. But even, mm-hmm. but but at times you can see he was the one who would end up like picking uh, uh, Baba Ilnam, like the old men where nobody wanted wanted to play with them. Um, he would be the one who would, you know, he would include the, the, the women and all these things. So he, over time, became this very inclusive player who also was very who was very concerned about the, the well-being of others, actually. Mm-hmm. You could see that he was very concerned about the well-being of other players, and he really showcased himself, and that grew and grew even throughout the different games. Um, and so that aspect, of I really, really liked that aspect of, of who he was. But also there was an episode in there where, you know, they, were t- they showcased where... He was basically going through like PTSD mm-hmm. um, because, again, of the experience that he had of, of seeing somebody getting killed at his work. Yeah. And you think about all those different things of like people who are in very harsh economic con- or financial c- conditions, you know, low income, poor and whatnot. When they go through such traumatic stuff, like there's no one that they, they don't have an, a proper outlet to, to, to really get those things out and deal with it. Um, and for him to have been carrying that all throughout, it was, it was yeah. quite, quite impeccable. Um, but, you know, you saw at the end, um, was it, it, I think it was the, the, the second game before, the, the last or second, the, the last or second game, mm-hmm. um, where um, basically uh, Wu Shiesty ended up pushing somebody over. Um, it's, it's like this. So they basically had to uh, go over glass platforms. Yeah. But they, they basically had to like, some of the glass platforms, um, if you jumped on them, they basically broke and you were dead. And yeah. some of them did not. Yeah. Um, and so, like, they were literally at the end, and there was a dude in front of him, and Wu Shiesty basically, like, like, yo, we're running out of time, pushes a dude to the yeah. next, to a platform to make sure that, okay, if I push him and he doesn't fall on that platform, then that's the one. Yeah. If he falls, then I know that to jump. That's he was willing to take right. that risk. He was willing to take that risk and, and kill people off if it meant like saving his own life. Mm-hmm. And, and him and 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 Gion basically had a confrontation, of, you know, after that game of yeah. like, like, why would you kill why him? Why would you kill him? Like, you know, like you didn't. It wasn't necessary. Who shines is like, nah. We was running out of time. Like, yeah. s- something had to be done. Like you always want to save her. You can't save everybody. Like, first of all, I saved your life because you was in the back. Yeah. So what would you have so done? So what would you have done? Yeah. Which I will say, Wushaisti brought up some good points. He did. Yeah. And that's why I said, I can't be I'm mad. Like, I'm like, he, was the mad. Dude who, he would be like the person in real life would be like, yo, I got to do the dirty work. His ideas of realism. The things Very that are just like, realist. when you're forced yeah. to, you know what I'm saying? When it comes down to just survival, you're thinking about the utility. It's weird because like, you're not thinking about the utilitarianism of everyone, mm-hmm. but you low-key still are because he's thinking about himself, yes, yeah. but he's still caring for he the people, people behind yeah. him. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it's just like, in su- to some degree, he's still caring for the people. Mm. What's one body compared to the three behind him right, right now? And it's just who's to say like, well, one body is worth more than a- you know what I'm saying. But at the and same there were time, most, and there were a lot of people who already died. Do you think Guillaume was willing to like risk his own life just so this one person now could live? Right. And so I think that was a good moment there. Like, yo, mm-hmm. face the reality, face the music. This yeah. is what I gotta do. Like, yeah. I saved your life, but. First of all, you would not have gone cross if, if some of the people who are in front of us had not yeah. basically died. Yeah. And so there was that aspect of it. 
Um, but basically, they had this confrontation. Like, it, you know, it was very strong competition. You could see, and it was at the point where basically you could see that, look, it's just three of them. It was Gion and uh, Sung Woo, as well as uh, Sebyeok, uh, girl Espy. Uh, mm-hmm. It was the three of them that were left, um, and she had been badly injured from that game that they had played, so she was on her last leg as well. But yeah. you know that is at the point where you sort of see Sung Woo as well as uh, Gion. Basically, that's where they start to depart from each other, mm-hmm. and that's where the tension is truly building up, and it's being yeah. expressed and put yeah. out there and exposed um, to the point where, like, Gion is like, yo, this dude going to kill me. Yeah. So and I need I to be ready to be Now he's kill tuning him. in. Now I, he's tuning in. He, he became a realist at that yeah. point. Yeah. You say, yo, this is truly survival of the fittest. Yeah. Only one of us can get out. Yeah. Let me do what I got to do. But, but even towards the end, though, what I found interesting, he's still trying to find a way in which both he can, like, them. get both of them out. And he and the thing is, that at the yeah. end, he basically, like, it was the two of them battling it out. I mean, like, yeah. fucking each other up. Yeah. Like, yo, one of us need to get out. Yeah. I mean, they really, really injured themselves, like, brutalized each other because somebody got to win. And... Even at the end, when when sort of um, Gihan had the chance to like take out Sung Woo or Wu Shasty, he's like, you know what? Nah. Yeah. He turned because the thing is that he turned back because he knew that if he had, I think there was a triangle. If he had yeah. crossed that triangle, yeah, then they were gonna kill Wu Shasty. Yeah. Gihan decided to turn back to try to save uh, Wu Shasty and basically tell him like, yo. We don't need his money. And like, we can quit right now. We can quit right now. Because, again, there was always that rule that if the majority vote to, to, to quit the game. And he taught him that, actually. Yeah. Sang Woods was mm-hmm. the same one who announced that to everyone. Yeah. Because people didn't remember the rules. And Sang Woo was the one who initially. So mm-hmm. it's so interesting that Sang Woo was not only not only was he the first one who brought that rule up. Yep. But now Gion is the one who's bringing that rule back up mm-hmm. now at this point. Right. So that was just interesting, too. And so Guillaume basically was like, dude, like, we don't have to do this. Like, the yeah. money is not worth it. Yeah. That money can't fix all of these issues that we've gone through. Like, let's save each other's lives. Like, our lives yeah. are worth more. And the people out there yeah. who we're going to leave behind, like, they're worth a lot to us. Yeah. But guess what? Wu Shaisi was like, nah, nigga, wake up. Okay, He's I like, nah, that. I need to, it's all about the cash. <laughs> He's like, nah, dude, you need to wake up. Like, yeah. it's about the money and, like, you could impact, you could really help out the lives of the people. You mm-hmm. could really help and benefit those of mm-hmm. us who we know in our lives, including uh, even Wushaisi's mother, again, because mm-hmm. Gihan and Wushaisi grew up together, so they know each other's family. Like, mm-hmm. you could help her as well. Like, nah. And so, I guess what Wushaisi did was he took the knife and. To keep the game going. Keep the game going. So, who's really responsible for And I think that's, of course, leads yeah. more discussion for the next, for what so, to look so forward Wushaisi to. So, Wushaisi basically season. took himself out. Yeah. So he said, this game is going to keep going. Yeah. No matter what you try to do, I'm going to make sure the tradition yeah. of this game, both in here and outside of here, continues. Right. So, yeah. And so basically, Gion won $38 million. Yeah. Mm. A blood money. Mm. But the crazy thing is that while all this shit was happening, there were some spectators. Yeah. And that's what we say. The white folks always find themselves in, in the situation the some VIPs, way or another. Weren't the VIPs. VIPs. Just, yeah. Very important people. Or can we also just talk about, oh, I think we forgot about this, and I won't spend too long. Um, it deserves more conversation at some point. The sexual harassment and just, like, sexual yes. assault experienced by... Um, Karen, but oh it's fetishized. Yeah, the fetishization as well, from white people to Asian, just Asian yeah. um, 
men, period. Yeah. Right? And he's just like, oh, you got five minutes to please me. We didn't even see what happened to him afterwards when right. he said, oh, word, I got five minutes. I got five minutes for you. You got five Boom. minutes until, you, until, your, last, your, head. until your last breath. Yeah. Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like that's in, like whatever happened to that? Like that right there needed uh, mm. uh, uh, that needed to be further uh, thought out. Like that's that was crazy. Crazy. Yes, there's a had, lot. So there's a lot. There were these VIPs, very very rich people, yeah. and they were all white, mm-hmm. uh, and they basically came to watch the game. But the things that they also bet money on who they think is gonna win the game. Yeah. So this was like a like this was like watching they're a the horse white people. Yeah, and it's they're like the white horse people. Race show that we're watching, basically. Yes, the horse, and, and I think that's why it also plays another because it's weird because Guillaume remember when he was originally watching watching the horse. Um, what's that? Horse? Oh, yeah. You remember there was when a he was horse watching? Race at the yes. beginning of the first and it's episode. so interesting. He's the one. They're the ones watching like yeah, the locals. Betting. He was betting on a horse race. And now yeah. look at this where we are now where the now VIPs the are the one. You're the horse. Right. You know. Shit. Damn, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Wow. You're, y'all are the Blue horses. Hey. And they have money on all of y'all, and they're changing the games as they watch. Yes. And that's the same they, way in which people still do that now. They change they the way. They can make the conditions much harder If for you. you find a loophole, they're like, wait, nope, hold on. Mm-hmm. You just tried to, let me you move this. You're trying to ask the system. Exactly. We're going to make this We're going to find harder. this. Exactly. We're going to make a way. We're going to ask more barriers, mm-hmm. too. That is crazy. Yeah. The VIPs, man. Blood clot. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, they are eating, drinking wine. Yeah, lavish. Scotch, scotch yeah. you know, uh, whiskey, whatever. Yep. Watching people to the death. Yeah. Like enjoying the sacrifice, the savagery. Mm-hmm. All because these people are desperate for something. Yeah. For a cash prize. And they know they're willing to, so they, they you know, their, their money is already there. They don't care. Their money is already there. They're like, okay, cool. Like, who's next? Who's next? Who's next? Next player. Who's yeah. next? <laughs> yeah. No, it's crazy. It's really crazy thinking about that. But, I mean, so you have that, and he won all this cash prize, $38 million. And also, we got to say that, so when he won the money, he was actually able, because, again, SB died, and mm-hmm. some of y'all remember, SB had a younger brother who was in an orphanage. Mm-hmm. He was able to sort of uh, get the younger brother out of the orphanage and, and, and took um, the younger brother to... Um, Wushaisi's mother, mm-hmm. um, for her to take care of him and, and help raise him and whatnot, and left her a bag full of cash. Mm. Cash, oh, I mean money. Money was mm-hmm. dripping. Mm. Uh, and so that's one thing of like, and that's the thing, keeping his promises. Yeah. Because Wushaisi had told him, like, you need to take care of my mom. Yeah. Saibi told him to promise him that like, he would take care of, like, his her brother. Yeah. And he did that. He kept yeah. his promises. And that was another thing of like, the, the people, and I always, you know, sometimes I, now nah, I try to make, uh, so, you know what? The people who at times don't have a lot mm-hmm. tend to be the people with the biggest heart. Of course. Because they know what it means to not have anything. You st- you, the thing so about the minute it, they get anything, they're willing to help others. And that's the whole sense of, for me that I think about empathy. Mm-hmm. It all goes back to the empathy and the ways in which people care. And just like, how do you, what form, what, the, the both the pros and the cons of caring. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just from the ground up. You know what I'm saying? So even without with money and without money, how does empathy look? Mm. Can empathy exist at such scales? Man. You know? No, it's 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 a great thing and again, so he was able to do all of that, help those people out. His mother had unfortunately passed away uh when he came back from the game. I had won all that money. Um and obviously he confronted uh Baba Ilnam as we talked about, found out that Ilnam was the person who was behind the game, all mm. of this and all that. Uh, Elam ended up dying at the end, um, and so again, Wush, uh, not Wushaisti, Gionam, 
Gihan, Gian is here with all this money, three mm-hmm. million dollars, and his bank account ain't doing nothing with it. And so there's this scene towards the end where basically he is at the airport and he is going to the U.S. to visit his daughter because his daughter, um, uh, stepdad as well as his ex, his the, the daughter's mom had ended up moving to the U.S. because I think the stepdaughter had got an opportunity, their job opportunity in the U.S. So he was trying to go visit his daughter in the U.S. And so, like, here he is, like, about to get on this plane, um, on the plane. And then first he saw the dude. Mm-hmm. Oh, we didn't tell him about the game. The, oh, he saw the repetition of the game yeah, again. Yeah, he saw the repetition yeah. the of the game The next cycle. Again. The next cycle. Like, it basically mm-hmm. started to scout for new people to play the game. So he's seeing it at the airport. He's trying to confront the person who basically is the, 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 the scout. Yeah. Um, uh, doesn't, was not able to get to him. But anyways, he's getting on the plane. Oh, he confronts one of the dudes that was basically being scouted. Like, yo, don't yeah. do this. You don't want to do. Like, he you saw don't... his original recruiter. Yes. Yeah, and he saw and, he saw the original recruiter and the recruiting. And the recruiting. Yeah. It was it went to the recruiting. Like, yo, you don't want to do this. This this ain't for you. You don't know what you're yeah. about to get yourself into. Yeah. You know. And then so as he is getting on the plane, you know, like in the what is it called? Wait, uh, the 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 thing. What you mm, crossing over from the terminal to the plane? Yeah, I don't know what's the... uh, like the gate. Yeah, yeah, the gate. yeah, yeah. So he's on the gate, like uh, getting trying to get inside the plane, mm-hmm. and while he's on that, he basically stops for a minute, calls basically the Squid Game people. I'm like, yo, I know what you up to. Like, I know what you, I, I know what you're doing. Like, and the people are like, yo, mind your business. Like, you you don't want to get yourself involved in this. Like, yeah. get on that plane, go yeah. to your daughter. Yeah. You don't want to get yourself involved in this. This had nothing to do with you. And guess what Gilan did? He's like, all right, well, now it's going to have something to do with me. He turned right back and said, I'm going to go do something. So that's how it ended. Yeah. But I got to say, I was disappointed. I, I get that he yeah. felt the need to do it. But go see your daughter first. Yeah. Like, you have been, you have not been there for your daughter. Like, yeah. that is somebody who is in your life. And, like, that is... Like you, there's people who died who are never gonna get to see their family. His initiatives, his initiatives completely shifted at this point. Yeah. The fact that that weighs more than what he originally was starting out for for his daughter. Yeah. Because his daughter was one of the main goals. Yeah. Um, that he was ensuring that he can like provide for her. Right. So and the fact it. that you yeah. can do this now, your new goal has completely shifted from that. The mm-hmm. fact that you were willing to cross over from LAX, you were about to fly all the way to LAX, and now here you are. Like you said, never mind. You know what I'm saying? So that right there was crazy. That the shift in his uh, initiatives and goals is just ridiculous. It it is ridiculous, and it's a thing that you always think about. You know, when people get to a level where you get so sucked into sort of whatever, whatever work that you're in, let's say you're like an activist. Mm-hmm. You know, at one point, are you able to separate the activism? Yeah. From re- from your real life, yeah, and being able to be there for your family of like the attachment we, of we, that, we get like you are here for the movement, like you are trying to like do things which are going to impact a larger segment of society, people whom you don't even know, you've never met. But yeah. what about the people in your life? Like, how do you balance like being doing that sort of activism work, yeah, but also making sure that you're there for the people who are closest to you. Yeah, and the responsibility just generally of oppressed people or just marginalized individuals who suffered from some form of violence or oppression, just the idea of them having to be this, their own heroes or just heroes of the system and trying to, fi- fixing, trying to fix yeah. something that they didn't even create 
or they don't you know what i'm saying so like why would that that saying i think i um, please i hope i don't butcher this help me out if i do trying to use the master's tools to like dismantle the system yeah and it's yeah. like so now what role are you are you and i'm that's why i'm wondering i'm like well do you plan to abolish this do you plan to dismantle this what mm-hmm. makes you think that you're the one now the one who suffered from this the most even as you know marginalized and empathetic as, as you are what puts you in the position to take on this burden to make right. it your responsibility to fix and what extent are you going are you willing to go to to dismantle this mm-hmm. or whatever your initiatives are now why does it have to be you and what are you willing to sacrifice yeah his daughter clearly yeah so he ain't a good father for that I'm sorry I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, that's my opinion I, I loved his character development <clears throat> I loved the person he became yeah. and the level of empathy and the idea of caring for others but you also gotta care for your daughter and mm-hmm. the needs that she has and at that moment you should've got your ass on that damn plane yeah. went to LAX saw your daughter spent some time with her mm-hmm. and then if you wanna go do be a hero yeah. or a martyr you can do that afterwards. But you need because it's like, yo, now you're going. We don't know what's going to happen, you know, with season two. I don't know yeah. if it's been announced whether it's going to come on. I'm assuming they're going to have a season two. They're going to definitely have a season without, two. I mean, come on. Netflix, of course. Like, Wait, yeah. This this show, it did. But it's like, yo, come on. you there, There's there's always another day mm-hmm. for you to be an activist. There's always, there's tomorrow for you to be involved in this work. Mm-hmm. But when you all go to be involved in that work, you don't know whether you're going to come back or not. Yeah. So the people in your life, like you need to live some memories with them. You you need to also have that downtime where you're just yeah. taking care of yourself and like and those around you. Like you're enjoying life. You need that time to enjoy life. Yeah. Outside of activism as well. But okay, I'm gonna need you to. Um, so on a scale from one to ten, what do you give this? Ooh. Ah. <sighs> um. I felt my initial, I, I don't know why I felt like it, I was just ready to jump and say 10, but I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a number of things still that make me, I'll give it a nine. Yeah. Um, I'll give it a nine because there's definitely some things still that I'm just like, mm. well, actually, yeah, I'm going to give it a nine. Mm-hmm. But there's a number of things that they did like so evidently yet discreetly. Yeah. And I think. He, the director, took his time with this. Mm. Of course, well, he had time. Yeah. Oh, he um, did. So he, you know, I don't know if anything's changed from the original sh- storyline to now, but that was so well thought out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it. I, I'm. This is my third, my second time rewatching the season. So I'm gonna give it a nine. I gotta give it a nine. Yeah, and it's probably gonna increase score. again. It's a high score, yeah. and I'm willing to stand on it. I'm not gonna lie because there's a lot to say. Because there's a shock value that I watched it for for the first time. Mm-hmm. But now I'm watching it to better understand it. And now that I'm realizing all these themes, look how long, look, look how much shit we've been talking about. Right. There's so much to debunk. It makes sense of. <laughs> like, I'm still having my <clears throat> my brain busted by all of these things we're thinking about. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've had a show like that in so long that's more recently had me thinking about a number of these things at such yep. a scale. Yep. Um, so I'm going to leave it at 9. Yeah. But I would give it a 9.5. I think it yeah. did a great job. Yeah. I mean... Just the way in which even the the simulations within the, mm. the, the variety of games, but, yeah. but the cultural aspect to the yeah. games that they were playing, which has also helped us to introduce sort of global community to sort of South Korean culture, yeah. sort of what do kids play, what kind of games, and, and just different things about, you know, what it's like living in South Korean society. Granted, uh, yeah. I, I, I'm sh- granted, it is an ex- extreme form of, of sort of what living... I'm sure it's an extreme form. It's it's ex- it exaggerates the truth, but it, it speaks to the trueness of the hardships that people are experiencing and going through. Um, and so I thought it did a great job of that. I also I watched it 
in Korean. I just did the mm. English subtitles. Yeah. Um, which I, I, I always personally, like, I think you should always do that. Yeah. Or at least once watch it just with the original language that it was done in. Because I think it, it has a different impact when you do that. Mm-hmm. And your experience is different. Um, and so I really, yeah, I watched it in Korean and just with English subtitle. I really loved it. The different characters, the level of character development, um, the different plot lines, plot twists, like it was like it, it kept me on the edge. I loved it. Yeah. Um, and yo, I got to give it out to the South Koreans because they've been doing a hell of a job in the mm-hmm. past couple of years. I'm just in terms of the, the, the kind of art that they've been delivering to the global community. Um, it's funny, though. I was talking to a South Korean friend of mine, and they were like, you know, it's kind of crazy that, you know, all the all the South Korean films that uh, um, that go viral or uh, that have a global sensation are always the ones about the most extreme, exaggerated forms of, of, of life in South Korea. Um, whatever, you know, you take that as you will. But I just told them, I was like, you know, maybe, maybe a lot of people in the world are just fucked up. And a lot of us can relate to these yeah. experiences that are being in the characters and, and what they're going through. Uh, but the South Koreans, I got to give my hat off to y'all. Because y'all, yeah. y'all did what y'all had to do with this. <clears throat> and congrats to the director for having kept this dream alive with yeah. him for this long. Even though, he, you know, the first time it didn't work out, but he waited. And can I say everything happens for a reason as well, too? For a reason. Because this timely, this conversation could have, he could have dropped this, this could have dropped at any time, and just the same topics would still be relevant to everything that's still going I'm on today. But, like, I, but I'm also glad they dropped it now, yeah. especially just right after yeah. the, the, the global shutdown yeah. on by coronavirus. It's mm-hmm. like, I, I think it exposed sort of a lot of the, 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 the cracks within sort of the, the, the different economic systems that we have in yeah. this country and around the world. Yeah. But also how we all relate to each other. Yeah. The so parallels. the story I did about the all the parallels. Chain, yeah. How we all relate to each other. <clears throat> how that the things that happen in China affect, you know, whether what what kind of food you're going to see on your table or what yeah. kind of apparels you're going to buy, your shopping experience, what happens in, in, in one country may affect whether your coffee. Yo, avocados, climate change. I mean, there's a lot of things yeah. that we're so interconnected and the fact that we all can relate to this series in some way, shape or form. I mean, man, my hat's off to the directors and all the writers and, yeah. and, and the actors. And I know so, a lot of the actors have actually garnered huge following like our girl, um, uh, SB. Yes. Uh, yo, I, yeah, I, I need to go a, follow her. I, yeah. feel like I, have, I need to go follow her. I think most recently she just became Louis Vuitton's, um, brand ambassador. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think she, one of what, them, what, like 11 million followers or something like some crazy 16 yeah actually. she went from 400,000 followers yeah. uh, before um the, the the show was released and then after it was millions tens yeah. of millions of, of, of followers yeah i mean amazing uh, amazing amazing job look wow, wow 20 million 20.3 million now she's at tw- yo yeah. that is crazy because last time we looked at she was like 11 or 16 yeah. or something yeah. like that yeah people love this mm. you could tell it's there and to South Korea, I say thank you. It's evident. We, yeah. South Korea, thank you for all of the great gems you've parasited, all of these great gems you've been giving us. And um, they've done a great job of sort of, I think, representing, again, I'm not Korean in a way, but I think they've done a great job of representing their culture and, and sort of the artistry that they, that they have as a society and how they can um, implore us to think about these very hard topics, but topics that are so real to our daily lives. Yeah. And so for that, Thank you to you all. But Dejourn, 
I mean, thank you for joining me. And this thank is gonna you be for like having a, me. A, a, a two part series it has a, to be two part, definitely two part, because there's a lot of shit, a lot of gems that we, we dropped. Yeah. But thank you so much for coming to Bobby and Friends. Like I, I'm happy you were here. It's always good. I think I think I need to do this a lot more. I I enjoy my time here. Yeah. This is like one of my favorite pastimes. If I anytime I'm getting invited to the show, y'all will be hearing from me. I'm telling so. you. I'm telling you. But you know what, Dejon? Before we close it out, if there's a trend, you'll know him. Oh shoot! Oh, you boy know, did it again. You're now listening to Bobby and Friends. Bobby and Friends. Because y'all know Dejon, my man out here be rapping, y'all. He an artist, y'all. Whole artist. And tell them, how can they check you out on Spotify as well? Because all the listening platforms for your music. Yes. Well, thank you, Bobby, for um, reminding the peoples. Um, so, y'all, I just I released an album that's out now on all streaming platforms called Lucid Aspirations. Mm-hmm. You can check that out now on whichever streaming platform you listen to. Um, I have a new EP that's coming out soon as well. Ooh. I also go by... New music on the way. New music on the way. We <laughs> might just we might just spit a little verse for y'all to yeah. just see what that may look like. Um, but yeah, so on Lucid Aspirations by Black Boy Infinity on all streaming platforms. Um, dang, a little verse or something. Let yeah, me see a if I. Verse. <clears throat> let me. Uh, damn, I wasn't ready for this, y'all. Um, <laughs> I know, we've been talking for hours. So our voices. Let me you have to excuse us. <laughs> let me see. Yo, but I'm also gonna be dropping. Um, I will drop uh, something uh, on my socials, sort of by his music and how y'all can check it out. Yes. Because, uh, yo, I, I fuck with that. I fuck with the heavy. You see, he's here with the movement, y'all. He's here with Tell the movement. Me. All right, we got something. Um, bear with me, y'all. <clears throat> okay. Hold on. Here we go. Oh, I haven't done this yet. Oh, my God. You're good. I haven't You're heard good, myself. brother. You're good. All right. Mm-mm. He pulled up in a hoopty doopty, he goofy, he a clown, yet he do not amuse me, excuse me. Had a chance, but he used it loosely, profusely, taking L's, now he gotta Ooh. salute me. It's a shame what they did to the game for the money and fame. Tell me, was it worth the pain? Drink the tea, cause they wouldn't even buy you a drink. Who's to blame? Couldn't even rock a fella like Dame. Oh! <laughs> Kicked it off, I'm setting it off Call me Cleo, but I'm really letting it off Not taking the pause They don't really want it, of course I'm eating them up They like the third thing on my course Dessert looking tough Wait, man, he just served us a three-course meal Hey, three-course meal I'm sorry, y'all Hey, hey That wasn't, that wasn't all that <laughs> one? That wasn't all that That was something Hey, y'all, yo, let me tell you I'm a huge fan of DeJorn He knows that <laughs> He knows that Uh Yo, uh, look, here's what I got to say, y'all. Support art. Support artistry. Support artists. Like, all the people creating things and creating, like, just spaces and platforms for us to to engage and sort of our, our human experience through art, whether it's podcasting, whatever it may be. Like, artists really do us a great favor in this world. With that artist, I don't know what this world would be like. It would be one hell of a boring depressing ass world let me tell you that for sure and so Dejorn, i thank you greatly for having joined me um on, on this episode uh, of bobby and friends and yo again don't remember don't forget no do remember don't forget follow me at bobby underscore x underscore yes. friends on instagram and twitter i know i'm gonna try to start making more content to engage with y'all and everything uh but definitely follow me make sure your mother your father your brother Everybody. your sister your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your ex, your, partner, your frenemy, everybody. your partner, 
yourself, like, make sure you listen to this shit. Make tune sure you tell in. them to listen. Tune in. Because this, in. this was a fire ass. Tune in. I don't think I know too many part. podcasters who's doing it like your boy Come Bobby. On, let them know. Who's <clears throat> shysty? Bobby and friends. This is friends letting y'all know from Bobby to tune in. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Hey, yo, tap in, tap in. All right, y'all. And I will catch y'all to another episode of Bobby and friends. Thank you so much for listening.